Mahalo falava, kia orana and maloni everyone and welcome to the Pacific Health Telenor show with Lorenzo and myself Susana. Well, 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 have we got an interesting show for you today. Um, just before I hand it over to Renzo, I just want to remind all of you viewers out there um, to please send through um, your questions. Don't be shy. Um, as I've said before, we don't want to um, just create discussions and inform you of all the topics that we bring up, but we want your voice and your input um, in the show as well so that everyone can come away feeling um, informed and feeling like they've they've taken something away from the show. So yeah, over to you, Renzo. Uh, what, what, what do we have up um, lined up for our show today? Uh, thank you so much, um, Sana. It is great to see in, um, you know, our listeners and our viewers on the Pacific Health Illinois show today, the Tuesday, the 21st of September, 2021. So our topic is going, is going to be about mm, deciding a church for a couple to attend. Uniting, uniting together may mean some sacrifice of things that were once his or hers. Not longer can everything be yours and mine. Things now turn to the term ours, you and I. Deciding which church to attend can be part of the uniting process. To some couples, this is not a big deal. However, to others, determining which faith or even which building or falisa to practicing can be a troubling experience. Some people are not as set in their religious faith as others. Therefore, many times one partner willing attends the faith or the church of the other's choice. The decision may not be so hard if the two people are of the same religion or from the same church, same aulotu. However, sometimes it is difficult to give up a aulotu, you know, congregation that you grew up in. It can also be difficult for the couple to move away from thinking that this church is mine and that church is yours. In this case, it may be better for the couple to begin over with a church that is theirs. Sometimes going out and finding something as a couple is the best option. Uh, this way, the couple feels like they have something together and not something that one had before marriage. No matter what church or religion you decide to follow, it is important that you follow it together as a husband and a wife, together. A family should worship together. Both persons should feel comfortable and at home and peace with their decisions. And joining us to Delanoa and quarter no more about this topic is a marriage counsellor that is also a spiritual leader, um, you know, Reverend Atulangi. And uh, thank you uh, to all of you. Thank you for the invitation uh, to be able to be with you on this platform. Beautiful uh, Tuesday afternoon. No, thank you, Vinaka. Uh, Vinaka, for your time. Um, Atu, um, you, know, you are a marriage counselor, and I'm aware that you have helped a lot of young couples, you know, to get their lives back on a on a on a, on a, a spiritual uh, journey together. Now, tell us, um, what has been your experience, or what are some of the issues, some challenges that you have come across when dealing with young couples trying to, you know, sort this issue out? Okay, let, let, let me just give a, a, just the introduction, and I'm not going to, to take too much of that. Uh, start off with me, personally, individually. I grew up as a, as, as a, a five-year-old son. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm the youngest of 12, but I was messed up. Uh, you name all kinds of abuse under the sun, I went through all that. Wow. And I was lost. So I made a vow once I'll never serve God, let alone become a talatala, fafi or fafi cow, as you see them wearing the collar. Because I hated God and I hated church. But I had no choice. I had to go to church. So the word ecclesiology is a big Fijian word, or Ottoman word, but it's a Palangi word. It's how we understand church and how we do church. Okay. So uh, then I became, you know, that God saved me. Thank God for that. That was in 1981. I gave my heart to the Lord, surrender, became a born-again Christian in the Methodist Church. And uh, yes, you know, we, we still teach that in the Methodist Church, my brother Lorenzo. But anyway, anyway, so, so I became a born-again Christian. So then my hunger and my search, you know, 
started. You know, do I go to the church? So I went to all kind of churches under the sun, from Pentecostal, charismatic, from evangelical, from conservative churches, uh, you know, searching and looking. But I'm still stuck with the Wesleyan Methodist Church of New Zealand now, and I'm serving in this capacity. So the question of looking for a place of fellowship. And this is where we need to do a lot of talanoa, Lorenzo, uh, especially with our Pacific Island people. See, when church began, we need to go back to scripture. When, when church began, it, it, it started in, began in the land of Palestine. It was a fellowship. And then when it went to Rome, when Rome took over, it made it an institution. This is just a brief summary of history. And then when it went to Europe, it became a tradition, a culture. And then when it came to the Western world, said to say, church became a business, entrepreneur. You look at the influence of churches in, in this part of the world, we are influenced by Western way of doing church. If we are not careful, so we need to do a lot of theology around here, as Pacific Islanders, in, in understanding church. See, so church has nothing to do with building, has nothing to do with smoke screen. You know, sometimes, I, I, and I'm just being frank here, I'm not judging anyone, but I'm just being frank here. You know, has nothing to do with the lighting, you know, the inside of the building. There has no, no definition of church, according to this. But see, many of us grew up in that understanding. When you think church, you think of venue, you think of instruments, you think of uh, the building, uh, how many people are in your church. But really, when you understand church, according to what Jesus taught, we are the body of Christ. Simply people, the body of Christ. We are the temple of God. But I think we've lost our way in terms of understanding church. And that is why there is a big confusion of people looking for a church. See, when people ask me, Pastor, were you at church on Sunday? I thought just to give a bit of background. So before I carry on, I, I don't, before I used to say, yeah, yeah, I was at church. But the last couple of years, I had, the Lord has been really ministering to me. So I had to do a series of teaching on educating the folks, re-educating my church members in understanding the words. I said, no, no, I didn't go to church. Oh, but aren't you supposed to be a church pastor? I said, no, no, I am the church. I am the living church. I am the body of Christ. So the question here is really when people are looking for a church, the question is really, what are you looking for? Are you looking for an organization or are you looking for a place of fellowship with the believers, the body of Christ? See, because if you're looking for an organization, then you'll be attracted to the activities of the church, what they do, the activities. But if you're looking for fellowship, then you're looking at men and women that are transformed by the power of the Word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the big difference here, that, that we really need to kind of do some, some talanoa and do some depth, you know, uh, in terms of theology, in understanding ecclesiology, understanding church, a church that is uh, inspired by the kingdom of God. Not by the name of the denominations, my brother. Uh, not by good-looking pastors or handsome pastors. No, nothing to do with that. But a church that is uh, transformed by the word, by the power of God. So that's probably really the, the question here for people that are seeking and looking for a place of fellowship. See, I use the word fellowship because, you know, the, 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 the word church has been a stigma, you know. Because when you talk about church, the first thing that comes to, to mind is... You know, the, the mega churches or the denominational churches or evangelical churches. When people ask me, Pastor, are you an evangelical church? I said, see, brother, I'm everything. Mm. Because all churches were birthed out of Pentecost. See? And that's where uh, there's another issue there, that where there's so much division because we tend to label ourselves, I'm evangelical, you're charismatic, you're Pentecostal. I say to people, see, when we have church on Sundays, if God moves, we cannot stop that. So, so we are all Pentecostal because when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers, the church was birthed. Wow. So. Whether you're evangelical or you're conservative or you're Pentecostal, you're charismatic, man, you know, the Lord be glorified. As long as you are biblically, <laughs> scripturally founded in the word, to me, that's the most important thing. Wow. Uh, is there any other question, brother, before I carry on? Well, Red, 
that has um, pretty much answered, you know, <laughs> that has pretty much summarized our whole topic. But um, anyway, can you share with us some some of the, the experiences? Know, I know they are confidential about some issues and challenges, especially, uh, you know, with uh, island couples that, that you have dealt with. Sure. Okay. See, experiences, you know, being a pastor for many years now, you've had people come and go. Let me give you some examples because the Talano examples are very real stories. And this will help with those that are tuning in and listening. I remember we had this lady that came to church. See, at church, we mix the songs, hymns, contemporary, a bit of hill songs. And also, as a pastor of a multicultural church, for the first couple of years, everything was in English. But as, as, we, as I began to pray and do church, I said, why are we doing everything in English? So today we have prayers said in the different languages and songs. I said to the worship team, mix the songs. It doesn't have to be English songs. I remember one of the ladies came for the first time. She asked me, Pastor, do you people sing hill songs? Songs? Yeah. And I said, we do, but not every Sunday because we mix the songs. She came the second Sunday and she stopped. I learned something because we were not singing hill songs, you know, of course. There's nothing wrong with that. What I'm saying is that, see, people have different tastes, if I was to use the word, uh, different likings uh, and, and, and what appeals to them. I, I have someone who came and said, man, I love the preaching here, but I'm more into the worship. See, the worship. And I said, what kind of worship? The worship that you jump up and down and, you know, and, 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 you, and you clap and so forth. I said, you can do that here, ma'am. There's nothing wrong. So they didn't come back again. So what I'm saying, that people are attracted to different things and, and really what kind of suits them and or probably what, what are they longing for uh, in terms of uh, this spiritual, uh, uh, you know, uh, search or, or, or looking for something spiritual. Uh, what, what, what makes, you know, makes them, you know, s stronger. Uh, and uh, so uh, I have people that come uh, that have stayed because they love the teaching. They love the word. Very simple, down to earth, very basics and, 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 and uh, easy to understand. Uh, some people come because we do these discipleships. Some people don't really stay because we don't have, see that comes again, because we don't have the venue, we don't have the proper building. You know, even though we, we lease a building, but we don't have that proper facility. So what I'm saying here is really people, because of human behavior, you know, people look for different things. It's just like going to the supermarket to count down. We, we pick and choose whether to go to pack and save or you go to countdown. So, so people have that kind of approach, which is a good approach, but I would really discourage it because it's not really healthy. See? I, and, and to me, if I was to help people that are listening in, if you are looking for a church, a place of fellowship, uh, like you, Brother Lorenzo, and uh, your wife, Night, if you are, I'm just using you as an example, so it's easy for me to kind of, in my trend of thoughts. So if, <laughs> if you're looking for a, for a place of fellowship and worship, but before you leave, I, I, I teach this at streams, I teach this. Back in the days, I had to go to some of the churches where some of the members have come from and, and ask if I can meet with their pastors. And I'll take them back. See, because we are part of the body of Christ. Yeah, and I'll sit with the pastor and say, see, I pastor, thank you so much. I'm just here because so-and-so is here and they were part of your ministry and they've decided to come and join me. So I just want you, if you can bless them. To me, that's very important. Don't just leave without, you know, handing in your resignation or probably saying a proper goodbye. Always acknowledge the, the churches and the, the five hours that, that you have served under that has been a blessing in your life. And this is one thing that I think, talking to Pacific Islanders, that we really need. I mean, if we can do that in respect in terms of our chiefs and our elders, man, let's let's do that to the pastors. You know, let's, let's not just treat them like, you know, someone that, oh, you know, just the Tom and Dick and Harry there. I, I, I teach the church, always respect the men of God, the woman of God that has been you know, part of your journey. So do that before you leave. But if you're looking for a place of worship, my advice is this. Are you some examples? Uh, you know, church is likened to a hospital. There's plenty of broken people there, sick people. And you need some good nurses and good doctors. 
So no, there's no one perfect there, including the doctors and the nurses. So also, churches are likened to a maternity ward. But see, many people, when they're looking for a church uh, from experience, some are looking for a church where they have good Sunday school for their children. You get what I'm saying? So that they can leave their children at Sunday school, and then they listen to the pastor every Sunday. So more or less a disconnection. They do that, and sometimes unconsciously, some parents tend to forget. That's what they've been doing from Monday to Friday. They drop their children at school, and they go to work, disconnect with their children for five, six hours. Come Sunday again, their approach of looking for a church is to disconnect, not, not thinking that in that manner, but, but they unconsciously, they forget that. And they look for a church where their children can have a, a church for children and while they spend their time with God. But see, to me, Lorenzo, the big question is this. How much time do they spend with their children at home in praying for their children? How much time do they share the word at home? And, and this is one of the uh, the attitude that I see that is very rife in, in, in Christendom or in, in, uh, uh, in people that they leave everything for the five hour for the church leaders to do in regards to the lives of their children. What I teach is this, when you're looking for a church, I liken that to a maternity ward. When a woman is pregnant, nine months, there's this relationship with a child and also with a husband. They are all working together right until birth. There is this relationship in nurturing the child. So when you're looking for a church, I, I say to people, you pray and seek the Lord that where the Lord is going to place you, mm. not only that you will receive, but that you will be a blessing. See, one of the mark of Christianity is blessed is he who gives. One thing that we find today that people are always looking for something to receive, but there is no commitment, no accountability. There is no giving. There's no sacrifices. It's like the story of the pig and the chicken. They were strolling down uh, one of the streets in, uh, in, 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 in South Auckland, and they looked around and they saw there was a lot of people that were very much in need. So the chicken said to the pig, hey, see that family? We'll need to give them some breakfast. So the pig agreed. And the pig said, oh, that's good. That's a good idea. And the chicken said, well, see, I will provide the eggs and you provide the bacon. And the pig said, oh, that's a big, of a big, big problem there. It's okay for you, see? Yeah, because with the eggs. But see, for me to provide the bacon, I will have to die first. Yeah, so, so the, the, the moral of the story, in relation to what I'm saying here, we have a lot of Christians today, a lot of people that are looking for a church just, just as a part-timer, as a bystander, just to fill in that gap. But there's no real commitment, no sacrifices. You get what I'm saying? So well, very yeah. that you seek the Lord, for the Lord to guide you and direct you to a place of worship where you can learn the word and study the word. A church that is willing to walk with you. A church that is willing to disciple you. Discipleship is a lot of job, my brother. It's a lot of work. Because it requires everything. It's not just about studying the Bible. It's about relationship. It's about journey with you every week. It's about that building, the connections uh, right through. Right. So to me, that's important. Let me pause there if you have any questions. I hope that's making sense. Make me sense. Sana? Um, wow, no, no, I'm just blown away. Um, I really feel like I'm, I'm in church right now. Um, but Reverend, Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. Um, Reverend, I, I just want to firstly acknowledge that your presence on our show today is greatly appreciated. And Thank I'm you. sure um, everyone will benefit greatly from your wisdom and from your spiritual counsel. But, um, you know, Reverend, I am a single young woman and I want to offer my perspective as someone that will hopefully transition into marriage one day so my question for you is that um, you know from what I've observed growing up the married life or commitment has lost its appeal to single people particularly for women um, who now have more choices in terms of their career the ability to travel and explore taking on more interests 
So from um, your perspective as a marriage counselor, um, why do you think there's been a negative perception um, towards marriage? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, well, that that depends on the on the individual. Sometimes I, there's a lot of negativity about marriage because of personal experiences, based on bad experiences and reasons. And uh, so uh, the methodology in trying to answer some of these big questions uh, from a bilateral approach, you have scripture, you have tradition, you have experience, and then you have reason. See, and, and, and many, many times a lot of people uh, have a negative, young people don't want to get married because of the bad experiences. And that comes with reasons behind it. Uh, so there is a need for biblical uh, teachings, explanation, uh, preaching around the the sanctity of marriage, the the significance of marriage, the beauty of marriage. Lorenzo will we can tell you a a whole wonderful story about marriage. There's no perfect marriage. I think people need to understand that. Yeah, it's something you need to work through uh, in, in your relationship. Uh, say, for example, my wife and I, we've been married for years. Now we, we look at each other and we ask the question, man, when was the last time you and I really had a big argument? See, we've lost track. But in the early days, oh, man, bring it on. It's like two little kids coming together from different backgrounds, different uh, environment, and, and trying to like each other. You get what I'm saying? Like trying to know each other. But but it, it requires a lot of work. It requires. But the very key, the very key, we, we encourage our young uh, folks at church, uh, if you're thinking of getting married, uh, look for a Christian counselor. See, see, I have I have a condition as a pastor. If uh, one of our folks wants to get married, we give them three months. That's standard. So we do a marriage counseling or pre-marriage counseling every week for three months, and then I will marry you. So it's a, so coming back again. It's a big commitment. So I would like to encourage young people that are thinking of getting married, or probably they are so busy with career and so forth. Man, marriage is a beautiful thing. Uh, it's instituted by God. It's not an idea that was lobbied by the government of the day or people just decide to get married. It is God's idea that men and women come together uh, and, 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 uh, and uh, go back to Genesis. See, that's another Talanoa. See, God didn't give Adam a church, but God gave Adam a wife. So it's very important for husbands today to love their wife. Thank you, Tala Tala. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Reverend. My, my, my question is, uh, and I know a lot of you know, uh, relationships and, and, and marriages are influenced by, by our inner families and, and parents, um, which even before a, a couple gets married, you know, the decision is already made by the family, you know, of which church and that the couple should attend. What is your advice? And, and this happens a lot among specific families, you know, especially Samoan families as well. What would be your advice to, you know, um, young couples that are now leading into, you know, that marriage life? What is the process? You know, you mentioned that due to sick counselling, you know, uh, pre-marriage counselling. But because the families are there, which creates some sort of fear, and it may break up the couple even before they get married. What would be your advice for, um, you know, for those yeah. young couples? Yeah. Well, see, I think we are all the same, you know, a specific islanders. If you're born a Methodist or you're born a Catholic or you're born a Fakasa, I mean, that allegiance, you die, you live and die a Fakasa or Methodist or Catholic. But I, I think it comes back again to the question of uh, of, of, of faith and, 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 uh, and what is God saying. Uh, yes, you have the Ainga, you have the family. Uh, but it's very important that that you, as 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 uh, as a couple, uh, really seek the Lord. Let let me give you just an example. I have a Tongan guy, and and a Samoan girl, uh, Samoan Palangi, and they have three children. 
the Samon uh, Palangi girl was one of the pioneer uh, of, of the church. She came when she was a little kid, and now she's grown, she's married, she's got three or four children now. But the husband who is Tongan wanted to go to another Tongan church. So that's a really big issue. So I met with them and spoke with them and shared and, and guided them. And I said, see, I, I'd rather that uh, spoke to the, the wife. See, it's very important that you go where your husband is. See, I, I, I don't see this as a biblical model that one's worshipping there and one's worshipping here because it divides the, the family. It's not a good picture for the children. Yes, we're serving the same God, but it comes again in terms of ecclesiology. How we do church is different. See? And maybe the reason why you're not going there because you're, you don't like the way they do church. And why she's not going there because she's so familiar with how they do church here. So those are some 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 talanoa that require a lot of talanoa, a lot of prayer, and seeking God's wisdom. At the end of the day, our ayinga will always be our ayinga. But at the end of the day, you're doing it for yourselves and for your children. And the last thing is is for you to, to, to sow that spirit of this dissension of, of disunity because we need to be always be watchful that our children may be young and, and fragile uh, and, and, and they are not they, they are good recorders they record everything but but in terms of you know uh, poor they'll be very poor interpreters because they're still young but all the stuff that is happening they're recording it so i think it's very important that you plant a good seed a good healthy seed of unity and this oneness of the god that you serve and uh, so that's something lorenzo that and, and uh, i encourage folks that man i, I encourage you and, and in the past years we will we'll have one person coming and then we'll ask the person where's your husband or where's your wife or he goes to the other church you know what we do we encourage them see please we, we really encourage you thank you for coming we enjoy you coming but if you know that where your husband is going that 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 will help him to grow spiritually I, we will encourage you to go and support your husband see at the end of the day it's not about building an empire that that's our job as far as we need to be clear we are here for the kingdom and we are here and teach people. So, yes, does that answer your question? Salasala, what is your view on a couple going to separate churches? What is your I, advice on that? Is that even a healthy, you know, move for the couple? And do you think three months for pre-marriage counselling is enough? Well, now, now we're talking about, you know, couples going to separate churches. See, that's a different talanoa. Uh, to me, I, I, I would really encourage both of them to go to one church and serve together. It, it, it's so it's so it's so confusing and and very contradicting when when the Fafikao or the Talatala who's uh, officiating the wedding, you know, uh, saying to both of them at the altar that in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I now pronounce you husband and wife, and God says now you are one that oneness. And then when it comes to the practical everyday life, one's going here and one's going there, it doesn't really make sense because it puts a lot of pressure. But that has to be an understanding between the couple. My advice, I would encourage both of them to be worshipping at the same place. To me, that's healthy. That's healthy. Always remember, you're not just doing it for yourselves. I mean, for your well-being. I mean, Lorenzo, I mean, you work in the health department. For your well-being, I mean, it's very healthy that you both fellowship together, that you worship together, as one couple because to me that's healthy it's good for the children as well uh, otherwise coming back again spiritually you're, you're planting that seed of dissension of disunity and that seed the enemy is very smart and cunning see and he can take advantage of that seed negative seed and, and explode it to something else so so it's, it's very important so if you are happy where you are, my brother Lorenzo, uh, you, you, you'll have to seek the Lord. <laughs> love you both and love your family. <laughs> okay, man, um, I've got a question for you. I just want to go back to what you said about children, you know, observing and taking in um, on what they see, you know, from their parents. And, you know, that is... Um, that's very true because growing up, 
um, I didn't have the best examples of what um, a happy, blissful marriage looked like. Um, in fact, my parents um, had separated when I was very young. So that to me, um, that to me made me think that marriage um, was burdensome. So my question for you is, how can us single people be sure that marriage is still a valuable institution if yeah. we haven't had the greatest examples or role models? Yes. See, I would encourage you to, to, to get connected with healthy couples. See, I'm just like you. You know, I... <laughs> I I I I hated getting married because I you know my dad was I love both my parents don't get me wrong I love both my parents but old school yeah and and at the age of 60 plus when they were just about to retire from ministry and then they separated can you imagine with 12 kids and being a minister of the gospel and me being the youngest, I had to go through that that experience. That's another different experience that had a huge negative impact on my life. And I made it, like, oh, I don't want to get married. It's all those experiences. So there is always the, the, the doubt question. And and being a Christian yourself, and as we as Christians, we understand that the enemy at all costs will do what he loves doing. And, and that is to, to plant that seed of dissension, oh. That, that negative seed and uh, what God says is good, the enemy will come with the opposite, see, and try and distort that, poison our minds. But I, I want to say to you, how can we learn? See, I I grew up watching Fijian couples back home and how men would order their wife around. And I used to say, say to myself, okay, if I'm going to get married, I'm going to do that. I tried that with my wife, but it didn't work. And I knew that uh, it was wrong, a wrong understanding. But I want to say to you, get connected with healthy couples. Uh, be in an environment with uh, young women that have just got married, Christian women and Christian couples. Spend a lot of time with them because you get to hear these stories. To me, that's wonderful because they uh, and, uh, try and connect with uh, healthy couples that are very open and transparent where they can be open with you. Because I tell you, my dear sister, marriage is one of the beautiful things that God created. It's beautiful. And, and, and uh, you know, it's more than just uh, uh, how how we perceive marriage to be. You know, as a young person, oh, I want to get married. It's all to do with all the negative connotations, you know, about romance, sex, and all that. But I tell you, man, it's more than that. It's 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 that companionship. It's it's during this lockdown, you know, when you're at home, you have someone to tell or know with, someone to cry with, someone to talk to, just to share. And I tell you, it's beautiful. Uh, maybe... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Minaka, Minaka, oh, that's, that's giving me hope. <laughs> man, man, I, I love the facials. I love the facials. <laughs> yes, that hey, comes. Talatala, that I comes. have a question for you. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> so, and this happens a lot, and this comes to mind a lot, you know, to, to young couples. So, when a couple doesn't really come to a final healthy uh, decision to decide which church they should attend to, sometimes they think, okay, let's just stay home. Let's just worship God at home, just us. Is that healthy? Is that a church, Reverend? Because that has now is now happening. Or do they have to be part of a fellowship and members of a church of a, you know? Thank you, brother. Is is this your personal question, and you are making it like everyone's question? Anyway, let let me answer that from from my personal experience. Let me answer that. See, uh, Francis and I were part of a Fijian congregation twenty one years ago here in Onehanga, and then when the Lord spoke to me to step out and plant this multicultural church that I'm now the pastor of this multicultural church. I had flex from within the church and from everywhere and even from the national level. It was hard to deal with. And that kind of put me into a position to really ask the question, am I really hearing it from the Lord because of the flex? But through prayer, and consultation with some wise people, 
I knew it. I knew from from the bottom of my heart that God was speaking here. Now you know it's his, it's history now, and I'm thankful that I made that decision to step out in faith. It's not that I was leaving the church. I think we, there needs to be some 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 clarity there. It's not that I'm abandoning the church, but I am obedient to the call. Of what God was saying, and I think you know, in, in the situation of you looking for a place of fellowship and worship, let let me be frank here. If you are in a place of worship, and all you do, and I'm very open here, and I say this openly, and all you do every month and every week is fundraising activities, very little of the word. There's no desire to pray. Then something's wrong. That for the sake of yourselves as a couple and for the sake of your children, I pray that you seek the Lord to direct you to a place of fellowship where you can grow spiritually. I say this openly as, as the Assistant National Superintendent of the Wesleyan Church of New Zealand and, and to, to, to the, the island forums that I chair. I, I, I say to the Fafi Cows and, and the Talatalas, man, come on, you know, and even when, when I'm preaching, I say, man, if, if, if all we do as a church, and, I, and that comes back to what I was saying, and uh, how we do church, I think the church is now, we, we, it's more, there's nothing wrong with progress, but if the church is more program oriented and activity you know, oriented, it's all about activities. But man, the, coming back to what Jesus said, Lorenzo, Jesus said these words. When, 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 when Jesus asked the disciples, what are people saying? Who do they say I am? And then Peter responded, some said that you are John the Baptist. Some say that you are Elijah. Some say that you are Jeremiah or one of the prophets. That Jesus turned to Peter and said, Okay, Peter, what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter made such an amazing, powerful state statement. And Peter said, You are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus said this words. You know what you just said, Peter? That's not from the flesh. The statement that you've just uttered now is from my father. And because of that statement, I will build my church. For many years, Lorenzo, I wrestle with the word, I will build my church. What Jesus is saying here, allow me to build my church. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. What Jesus is simply saying, for us to grow as a church, we need to allow God. We need to allow the word of God to change our lives. So the studying of the word is very important. The reading of the word is very important. The meditating on the word is very important. And, and the practicing of the word, applying the word, because see, the word of God is the power of salvation to all mankind. So my question, and trying to answer your question, Lorenzo, Lorenzo it's very important that sometimes in life, you have to make some big decisions. You mentioned about Ainga. Let me give you another example, my brother. When, when, when my mother was still alive, you know, my mother is a, is, is, is a minister's wife. And when she heard that I was going to have my water baptism after one of the crusades in Auckland. See, being a Methodist, I was anti-water baptism, you know, the immersion, you know, being a Methodist. But then I got convicted that night. Finally, I was walking up, you know, and saying, yes, finally, I gave in and I'm going to be water baptized. The Sunday that I was water baptized, that's why Michael Jones and I have a very special connection. I was the first one. After me was Michael Jones. But see, my mother, when she found out that I was going for water baptism, she wrote a letter and sent it to one of the elders of the church. They came and, uh, and dropped off the letter. When I read the letter, this is what my mother said to me, son... Always remember, your father was a Methodist minister. You studied in the Methodist Bible school. I heard that you're going for water baptism. If you do this, my son, today I want you to know, on that letter, the content of the letter, my mother said, today I'm going to disown you as my son. Brother, I was shattered. I cried. So now it comes back to me. Who do I choose? I love my mother dearly. But when as a matter of faith, I had to listen to what God is saying. So I finally went ahead, had my water baptism. But the amazing thing is this. After many years, my mom came and joined the church that I was pastoring. It's an English-speaking church. Until she died, I had the humble and honoring responsibility to officiate in a wedding.
See, there are some things our Ainga may not understand, but the most important thing, you as a couple, if you know where you are, it's not healthy, it's not happening, uh, I, I, I encourage people, pray. Our Ainga will always be our Ainga. But when it comes to your walk with God, see, Jesus is saying here, Jesus said, the world will hate you. I'm not saying for us to cause trouble. I'm not saying first two, but but there's a there's a time and a place where you have to make some big decisions in life when it comes to faith. For the sake of your children. Come on, brother. I, I say this to the church that I'm pastoring. Come on, folks. Look at what's happening right now. Look at all these kind of ideologies that the government is pushing through. We need to wake up. This critical uh, theory, all these kind of crazy ideas. And if we don't wake up and, 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 and make a stand, you know, Bible says in Jeremiah, if we don't make a stand now, then your children, those that comes, will have nothing to stand for. And, and that's biblical truth, my brother. So when it comes to worship in a place of worship, uh, that was my decision. I never regretted that. Today, I look back. If I had, if I had listened to what men were saying about me, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, so what I, my encouragement to encouragement to all your listeners: do it properly, do it with respect. If if you know that where you are, fellowshipping, you are not growing. Uh, don't look for the attractive things that is happening out there. I, I want you to consult with a, with a mature Christian. Seek advice. Very important to seek advice. Don't just go and do what you want. Very important. Bible teaches us always seek advice, seek wisdom, the counsel of wisdom, the book of Psalms, chapter 1. It's right through scriptures. Don't just stand up and go because it's very dangerous. Bible says test all spirit and see whether it's from the Lord. Sometimes it can be just your emotions just because you don't like the five hours. Oh, I just don't like him. Don't leave. And maybe it's a good five hours because he speaks truth. See, see, that's another angle to that. Some people, they leave the church because the five hours is just straightforward. But some leave for many reasons. But I think, what are you looking for here? If you are in a place and people have no desire to pray, have no desire to study the word. It's all just done quickly, over and done. But there are more focus on activities that 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 we need to do some self check again and some some evaluation again. That, to me, that's unhealthy. Be in a place where where where, where uh, love God and love the word, and the word is exemplified in the way they live their lives every day. Wow. Yes, any other questions, my brother? Tala, Tala, just one more question, Tala, Tala. One more before I go, because my daughter has given me a hard time. I'm so sorry, uh, my uh, dear listeners and viewers. But my final question, Tala, Tala, is the language barrier. Yeah. And then, you know, when young people question and ask for some sort of, like, you know, way to to bridge that gap, you know, some, some you know, ministers turn, turn around and say, oh, you're challenging us now, you know? You're telling us that we are we're not educated, we're not, but that's not their point. What is your what is your advice for our young people who have um, you know very limited understanding in Pacific languages, but they want to stay in the traditional churches? But the the problem is that the language barrier. What is your advice, Rev? See, uh, you you probably get different ed, 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 uh, uh, advice here. I, I can only share from experience. See, Francis and I, when the three children, now they're all married and they all have their own families and they all still love the Lord full on, big time. I mean, uh, if you know Esther, you know, she's one of the pastors at Equipus now with the husband, uh, Ben, and our grandson. They are in America now, uh, in uh, one of the Equipus churches there. And uh, so... Uh, when when we were in the Fijian church, they were struggling. It's because everything was done in the Fijian language. So one day they decided, you know, they asked if they can go to Equipus Church, one of the churches here in Auckland. So, you know, we, we gave them the freedom. And, and we are so thankful that we made the decision that today they're still serving the Lord. But now because they are older and mature, now they are wanting to learn more about the Fijianness, the Fijian culture. See? So, uh, I uh, to me, it's very important. I, I know some of our young people uh, that are in our island churches, but I think it's also very important as a caution. When I come across Fijians or Pacific Islanders and, and they give me this, this kind of explanation, oh, man, I just draw closer to the Lord when I pray in English. 
And I said, when you spray in your language, oh, not really. See, to me, I have a bit of an issue there. Come on, brother. Yeah, I can understand what they're saying. But I said, man, you can be close to God if you're praying in Samoan and Fijian and if you sing those hymns. So I think that's, that's an area that we just need to re-educate our young people. Hey, be proud of who you are. But we understand because you're born here and because of the limited knowledge of the language. Uh, sometimes I encourage our churches in the Wesleyan church, that are island churches, come on, you know, think of the young ones. Why don't you create another service? Let's accommodate. So there's nothing wrong with that. <coughs> and that's one of the areas why a lot of our young people are flocking to English-speaking churches. Uh, it's because of that's that's just one of the reasons. Yeah, but uh, but I, I would really encourage our young folks. Uh, you know, uh, if if they are uncomfortable, um, talk to their parents, uh, talk to their ministers, and. Uh, now, let me draw from experience again. I remember when I was a youth leader 32 years ago, when I came to New Zealand in the Fijian church, and uh, every time we have a monthly meeting, man, the parents will uh, will have a go with me. And they said, oh, we noticed that Atu is uh, uh, speaking in English to our children. Uh, uh, we want him to speak in Fijian. So I said, okay. And then after service on Sundays, I watched that the parents that were telling me off in the meeting were speaking in English to their children. So in the next meeting, when we had the next meeting, I said to them, I just want the church to be clear. Are you employing me as a youth leader to teach vernacular or are you employing me to teach your children the word of God and to build their relationship with Jesus? So I think, see, sometimes we, we confuse ourselves. And uh, so I think, you know, the, 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 that's an area that the church will really need to be clear uh, in, in maintaining their, their children is it because of the language so that they can maintain the language and that they can learn to speak the the, 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 the language or what is really important in this day and age and uh, keeping them uh, so that they can you know grow spiritually but they need to accommodate that see they need to provide a space for that uh, rather than just everything in the language and the children are so disconnected so it's it's a big uh, you know topic to discuss but that comes back to 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 the pastors of the church and the parents to really have an understanding you know of the of really what is important we are thankful that the children are still serving the lord today and 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 uh, we would have lost them and they would have lost their faith if we had not heed that and now you know they're wanting to learn more about the culture and so forth um, yeah. no definitely thank you reverend for covering that topic um, around language um just because i've i'm born here in new zealand so english is um, my primary language and so growing up i yeah i was exposed to the Samoan culture but not as much as i would have liked yeah. So it is still like a journey of mine to try and um, strengthen and reconnect with my Samoan culture. But Reverend, I have another question for you, um, hopefully if we have more time. But I was just wondering, what would your advice be to couples um, that are not of the same faith? So, for example, I'm a Christian and I'm dating someone um, that is perhaps Jewish or Muslim or Buddhist. What, what is your take on um on those couples or um, yeah 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 definitely <laughs> see my church deacon is married to a Hindu and, uh, and they've been married for years yes and uh, uh, depending on the, what what denominations that you belong to in some denominations she will never even be considered to be a deacon because she's married to someone who's a Hindu but see, I look beyond that theologically, and and uh, but see, uh, to be honest with you, it's amazing what God's doing with this with this couple. He's he's an, he's a Hindu. Uh, he is more uh, the Christian person in that home, who reminds them of the prayer time. So what my maybe it's it's a big topic, but my encouragement is this: first and foremost. As you're still single, I know that you are praying and seeking a godly man. And Bible is very clear. Do not be yoked with an unbeliever. 
to me that 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 stands that cannot be changed that cannot be altered but i know that many folks have married outside the faith but see the consequences is huge so as the person that i'm talking about there has been lots of consequences so my encouragement is that if you are a christian <coughs> And, and your boyfriend is not a Christian, I encourage you that you hold on to your faith. Do not compromise your faith. Do not forfeit. Full stop. I have a, a lady at the church right now, amazing, and uh, I'm not going to mention her name, but, you know, the husband tried all his best to lure her away from the faith. They have two children, all the best. She'll consult with us, seek advice, always say to her, you know what is right, stand on your faith. Just uh, Sunday just gone, she was just sharing with us. You know, I look back, I mean, her daughter is just full on for God, you know, and, and uh, she said, I'm thankful that I made that decision not to compromise my faith. It would have been a struggle if I had compromised. She's got two children. They are, you know, young adults now. And so uh, I, I think when it comes to faith in Christ and your partner is not a believer, is not a Christian, the question is, what is important to you? And, and, and I would choose my faith in God over my love for the person that I've heard of because, I mean, Jesus is the way, the truth. He is everything. And, and, and that's one thing that I will never compromise my faith in Christ. So, my dear sister, hold on to your faith. <laughs> Thank you, Reverend. Um, no, I, I, it's been a privilege um, talking to you and having this Talano today. Um, I'm, I'm sure everyone um, yeah, will come away feeling spiritually uplifted because usually we talk about things um, that are related to health, especially with COVID, but... Uh, it's been a nice change um, for today. So thank you so much. Do you have any final words for our viewers, um, Reverend, please? Thank you, uh, Suzanne, and thank you to the producer. Thank you, Lorenzo, even though you've disappeared. I, I just want to encourage, uh, you know, everyone that is tuning in and is listening, in, let's keep it simple. Before you make a decision, I encourage you, Consult with uh, with with your spiritual mentors. Don't just stand up and 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 and, and run with it, uh, and go with the idea. Uh, because some, because we are very emotional people, and Bible teaches us always test the spirit. One thing I do as a Christian, let alone being a pastor, when when the Lord lays something's on my heart, something on my heart, or there's something that I'm wrestling with, I wrestle in the presence of God. It may take months, it may take one whole year before I make a decision. I love the story of Nehemiah. See, Nehemiah was a plastic Jew. He did not grow up in Jerusalem. See? And, and many times, you know, many of us that, 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 that don't understand the language, the culture, you know, when God's saying something, oh, we feel so limited and so restricted. It's that I am because we are defined by our limitedness and our restrictedness. And, and, but see, Nehemiah knew who he was. He was a Jew. See, when he heard about the issue in Jerusalem, when the walls had collapsed, see, he asked the question. Without asking the question, he wouldn't have known what had happened. So I think at a time like this, it's very important that we ask the big questions. How are you? But see, Nehemiah, when he heard about the crisis, how he managed and how he processed the negative report. There's a lot of negative reports going around in social media, in the world right now. I love what Nehemiah did. When they told him that the walls of Jerusalem had collapsed, how he managed and how he dealt with the negative report, rather than running back and forth, he went into the presence of God for four months. He mourned. He was very real. So as specific islanders, it's always good to cry tears in the presence of God and pray and fast. So my advice to your listeners, you know, seek God. As you make decisions, consult with people around you before you run with the decision. Thank you so much for having me on board. I know it's uh, three minutes to four, and, and I'm so thankful to be part of this Talano. No, the pleasure is all ours. Thank you so much, Reverend. We appreciate your time and um, yeah, your presence with us. Um, if it's not um, too much of a request, are you able to close us off in prayer before we head off to a break, please? 
Sure, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you for the uh, discussion and thank you for the information that has been shared. We pray in the name of Jesus that each and every person that is listening in, we pray, Father God, that you will touch their hearts. Those that are seeking and asking questions, those are in a situation that God, that we may not know. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will just capture them. That God, that you will mold them and shape them, cultivate them, do God what you only you can do. And we pray that God, that your peace and comfort that surpasses all human understanding be with them right now. So we honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank Naka. you. Yeah. everyone and welcome back to the Pacific Health Talanoa show with myself Susana and Lorenzo who has disappeared from our screens but um, don't fret everyone he has gone to tend to his children but um, you know coming back we've just um, finished our Talanoa with Reverend Atulangi who shared with us um, his spiritual wisdom and guidance and relationships marriages finding the right church which I personally found um, touching and I was moved um, by his words and you know Lorenzo and myself were thankful um, to have some spiritual intervention into our Talanoa um, this week but going back to our COVID update for today 21st of September um, there has been 40 new cases identified in the community in Auckland um, which makes up a total of 1,085 community cases linked to the current outbreak. Our thoughts and prayers go out especially to the 15 people in hospital, as well as um, the four individuals who are in ICU. Um, and our last um, update is that of yesterday's cases, nine were infectious in the community. Um, I'd just like to end off by reminding you all to please check the MOH website, um, MOH, as in the New Zealand Ministry of Health, health.govt.nz for more details and locations of interest. And also, um, if you're wanting to make um, your vaccination booking, please call 0800 211221. And that is today's show for you all, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Bafitai Lava.
baby. Rex, J. Sands. Let's go. By the way that you move and the way that you smile Say oh my dorima Baby you be giving your hand I'll take you anywhere You give me something that I never had Cause you care But about to me and the family Say why you waiting for me to talk to you Yeah Listen what you say, yeah. The Kuba in a Camille, yeah. They on a nail, don't that you whine, yeah. That you whine, yeah. Say, come on, in and not the fight, don't get out, say, oh, Baba.